It is the Pacific Rim Pro Wrestling Podcast from Seattle to Tokyo and all points throughout history. This is the podcast that gives you insight on Japanese wrestling, American history, and goes deep into the history of professional wrestling. We talk about all the news and uh, things that have happened in the past here each and every week on the Pacific Rim Pro Wrestling Podcast. From the Seattle area, my name is Jim Valley, longtime wrestling fan. Uh, I do a, a lot of different podcasts. I'm an award-winning radio sports reporter, and we head across the Pacific Rim, the Pacific Ocean, to Tokyo, Japan, and respected wrestling journalist doing this, what, 35 years? Published something like 20 books. He is the guy in Japan. He is the one. He is the only Fumi Saito. Hello. Jim, how are you? I'm doing well. So, uh, you know, everyone I talked to at the Cauliflower Alley mentioned you. And oh, they, wow. Yeah, and they also mentioned uh, you and uh, our bonus show we did right before um, uh, Wrestle Kingdom about uh, yeah. Chris Jericho, how Chris Jericho quoted you in his interview, how uh, you spoke with uh, Chris Jericho, and suddenly at Wrestling Dontaku, who shows up? Chris, Chris Jericho. Jericho. Well, it's like it's still Wrestling 101. It's yeah. That if some somebody tells you that uh, he'll never come back, I'm done with this, I'll never come back, that means he will come back. Don't come in means come on in. <laughs> this is wrestling one on one. So um, yeah, so he if he was telling people that he's done with New Japan, that he is ready to come back. And then uh, all in all, it was just like last year he made running in Fukuoka, you know, and just like when he attacked Kenny Omega last year, they made Tokyo Dome match that that this time. He showed up in Fukuoka, out of nowhere again, attacked Naito this time. And he, nothing is announced yet, but he will be on Osaka Castle for, on the Castle Hall show coming up. Chris Jericho will be. I think so. Do you, will Osaka he... Castle Hall, yeah, Osaka Castle Hall show uh, in, is that in May sometimes or March? I mean, I mean, I mean the May or June that the, uh, Kazuchika Okada against Kenny Omega IWGP title match no time limit 2 out of 3 4 match we expected match goes over 60 minutes see last year Kenny Omega and Okada had this 60 minute match in draw so this time they will go over 60 minutes and Kenny Omega suggested better yet let's make it 2 out of 3 matches match is made and from that, you know, from the, the Chris Jericho's attack, we have to assume that the, there, there is going to be a single match, Chris Jericho against Naito. That sounds like a double main event, doesn't it? That sounds like a good show. Now, some people have speculated that this may be also the main event for the G1 special in San Francisco at the Cow Palace. I kind of doubt that the... Um, Chris Jericho will be making any U.S. dates for New Japan. That uh, in uh, U.S. turf, he always will be working WWE only. Is what I think. I think you're probably right. I think that uh, he does have his freedom to a point, but I think that if you do run against WWE in the United States, I think that does sort of draw a line. Yeah, yeah. 
So uh, he, he's, he's doing, his, yeah, he's flexing his muscle. He's international superstar, and he goes all over the place. But within the United States, turf, that, hey, he will be always working as part of WWE. So I, I had a couple of questions. Mm-hmm. So I saw, I think everyone has seen the, the attack that Jericho did. He, as uh, Naito yeah. was walking back through the aisleway, he's reaching out mm-hmm. with both hands to all of his fans on each side. And it's a fairly narrow yeah, aisleway, so there's a lot of hands on him. And then right as sure. he gets toward the end, he gets jumped. It's Jericho. He's wearing a mask. He drags Naito back to the ring, beats him up. Yeah, the, he's he's pretending as a fan, like you're um, lost, you know, the Naito's group's fan, he's wearing Naito sweatshirt, wearing uh, bush mask and all that, dressed up as fan. And he jump he, over the fence. I love yeah. the shirt, though, the Ingobernables de Jericho, sort of like Monday Night Jericho, Raw's Jericho. He's done this before, and now it's Ingobernables de Jericho. Yeah, but also it was like uh, almost like uh, um same same visual that the, I don't I don't remember how many years ago, but didn't he attack Rey Mysterio from the aisle? Oh, you're right. Yeah, and he wore um who's um what's Myst- his face Mysterio. Yeah. No, it wasn't Mysterio's mask. mask. It was uh, oh geez, um Sincara's mask. Right, right, something like that. Yeah. Because he had but had a he was he wearing a, a mask as a fan. Yeah, he had a fight with yeah. Sincara, and everyone was like, "Wow, he's wearing Sincara's mask." Yeah. Yeah. So here's yeah, he here's does. my question. Yeah. So after he attacks Naito and he's walking to the back and he's surrounded by cameras and photographers walking through the hallway, you know yeah. he dropped he dropped the S bomb, he dropped the F bomb. He was swearing. Is is that a fairly common thing in Japan, or is that just something he's doing to sort of differentiate? This work from WWE work, you know, there was a lot of blood. Right. Uh, yeah. That, Juicing. Yes. Yeah. Is that just is that just something that he's doing, or is is swearing a common thing with with these feuds? Um, because it's the people don't speak English over here, and he felt uh, he could do me. this. Yeah, because it's not PG. It's in Japanese television, and some American person. A Canadian, but American person, um, you know, swearing, you know, it's like a like, like the foreign movie, you know, and uh, people do understand a little bit, but it's like a, it, I think it adds more to it, you know, as a feeling, you know, then he felt free, you know, using F words a lot this is in Japan, right? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it works more and then make him even bigger heel, you know and attacking and it was similar to the attack he did for kenny omega seven months ago you know uh six uh, six months ago yeah now very similar some people have thought that ever since wrestle kingdom when naito lost that he seemingly has not put the exact same effort or um excitement into his performances he seems a little less than inspired as a matter of fact some people were critical of his his of his intercontinental title match um that he had against suzuki i mean what are your what are your thoughts do you think that was he doing that on purpose is he injured is he is this just part of a storyline is this is this feud and storyline going to rejuvenate naito what do you think's going on there ah i think is he works pretty much the same okay you know yeah, it's not an enthusiastic. It's more heelish, you know. 
yeah, it's a heel against heel almost, right? The whole feud, you know. The Naito is not total babyface, but he's popular. He works like heel, but people react to him like babyface. <clears throat> the kind of cool guy. And uh, they used the 10-man tag team as just a backdrop for Chris Jericho's appearance. So, so the 10-man tag team was not as important. The match was short, and Chris beat the guy right away. You know, it was, uh, was Kanemaru or somebody, somebody pins him right away. And then uh, as he goes back to the aisle, that's when what, what they wanted to show. Attack. Yeah, no, that was that was awesome. I thought that was yeah. The, that the was whole really purpose cool. was that one instead of the ten man tag team match. So they used the tag team match as a backdrop, you know, for, for yeah, for Chris Jericho to, to you know that was a cue, you know, and uh, it worked. And uh, also, um, yeah, it was a big surprise thing that uh, they were careful. Very careful about not, you know, knowing any of the information leak out, you know, that the Chris Jericho get on the plane, you know, fly across the the whole Pacific and just, you know, fly into Tokyo and then, then, then take another plane to Fukuoka, you know, and then come all the way from wherever he was from Florida, I guess, that uh, just to do the run in. But the, the, making them, you know, the running and the, the videotape, the whole thing, and it was on the New Japan World, just like WWE Network, that the, everything was taped carefully, and uh, it was like uh, having a match, almost. So do you think that, uh, will this match be for the Intercontinental title? I guess so. Yeah, the almost title championship belt, itself is not as important but the match and feud and storyline naito because he's they see chris jericho attacked naito on january 5th the day after wrestle kingdom at tokyo dome so that was the, the stage one and he attacked again so the match is made they haven't announced it yet but uh, you have to assume there's going to be chris jericho against naito single match now So, uh, what are your thoughts on uh, the other match that people were talking about? Was uh, that uh, Tanahashi losing to to Okada and Okada now with uh, with the record tying it? record? It the, the, yeah, like a tw- twelve times. Not like WWE World Title match that happens every other week or so. That the IWGP Title match they only make it like five or six title matches a year, maybe ten at most. So they only he only the champion only defense title like once a month or so you know, so I think it was important that the uh, former champion IWGP champion Tanahashi had a previous record of eleven title defense and Okada had at this point eleven title defense they tied they were they were tied in that record so uh, it was if. Okada wins, he'll make the record, and he did. And 12 t- title defense, and uh, there's not going to be any more you know, good challenger. Is there anybody out there? And then Okada, him- um, yeah, Okada himself announced it. Kenny Omega, come out, right? 
last year there was a title defense i had he had he said he had what uh, 12 title defense he beat this guy beat that guy and beat this guy beat this guy twice and the only opponent he did not win which meant 60 minute time limit draw broadway he had last year at the same building osaka castle hall 60 minutes that he wants to fight kenny omega again and this time no more time limit let's do the match there is no time limit then kenny omega comes in and speaks in japanese at the better yet no time limit is fine better yet let's make it a two out of three four match so it's people go whoa right so they make I'm, I'm pretty sure that they'll make sure they go over 60 minutes this time in two out of three four match because one four match it is so hard to get you know have one guy get pinned right this time two out of three four that means fatigue over 60 minutes that they're going to do something that they have not done so yeah yeah i think two out of three four is out, outdated but uh you know, I'm sure they're going to do something really special. Yeah, I think I think it can create some drama, uh, you know, mm-hmm. with the first and second pinfall, and then you know, mm-hmm. obviously the third and deciding fall. So no, I think I think the two out of three falls is a good idea because if you go just 60 minutes, I think people won't get into the match until the the last closing minutes. But you can build some drama mm-hmm. with two out of three falls. I think. Yeah, and then a good 60 minute, two out of four. A two out of three, four match in Japan that historically was um, Antonio Inoki against Billy Robinson uh, way back when, some 40 years back. But the first four doesn't happen until 45 minutes in, you know? So the first four will be the very long one. Then another 15 minutes and 15 minutes or so. It's going to be a long match. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, what do you, I mean... Are we getting any indication yet of where we think we're yeah. going? I mean, obviously Okada. You know, can can Okada now lose the title and then chase it to Wrestle Kingdom? What do you think? Um, I think he'll win again. <laughs> you know, Okada will be a very dominant, you know, champion for. Sick. I don't want to exaggerate, but the, he could be. The way things are right now, he could be a champion for another decade, you know? Yeah. I don't see any opponent that can beat him now, you know? Not the actual, you know, wrestling ability or anything like that, but as as far as storyline goes, the ch- Okada as a champion it will be so dominant, you know? And you don't have opponent anymore, that kind of thing. That's why they're having... Kenny Omega match again and then make it into no time limit match and that's making it harder. So, uh, and also it made it look like it was Tanahashi's final challenge and to, to you know, to the title. And uh, actually, I was cheering for Tanahashi. I'm a big Tanahashi fan, but on, uh, they had a good match and everything. But uh, as he, after the match though, as you know, after. Tanahashi left the ring, they ran angle with Kenny Omega. So made it look like the Tanahashi match was not as important anymore as soon as it's over. They're running angle for next title match and the next storyline. And Ken made it look, obviously, look like Kenny Omega is bigger challenger. 
But Does I mean, that that's, like that's not unusual. I mean, to, to the kind of Swedish yeah, yeah, I've, I've assumed that's, that. that's not unusual. Yeah, but the, the, it did make Tanahashi less important, though. So, I mean, let me ask you this. Do you think maybe does does Tanahashi have in his future the storyline of one last run? One last, <laughs> the, the grizzled, injured veteran, uh, you know, has, has one Being last champion. one in him? Oh, I'm hoping, yeah, he'll have another run. But it looks like he's more of a Randy Orton role. You know, the guy who can be champion anytime he wanted to, just doesn't look like he'll have another run. That's why I'm saying that he's like in the position where Randy Orton is standing right now. You know, in the back of the people's mind that Randy Orton can be champion. I mean, he's, he's just as good as he always was. And uh, his role right now is put people over there for you have new stars. If you compare Jinder Mahal and Randy Orton, people will pick Randy Orton as better, you know, wrestler or a bigger star, anything like that, you know, anytime, anytime. But in storyline, Jinder Mahal will be put over, make him bigger star. You know, he's that Randy Orton right now is big enough star that uh, by him, having him, you know putting somebody over that would make the other wrestler a bigger in you know, a big star. So that would be Tanahashi's role, you know, like beating Tanahashi is pretty important too, you know, in the cluster. But uh yeah, I kinda doubt that the Tanahashi will have you know have another run or even the challenge title for quite quite a while, you know. He might, you know, but not right away, you know. In my eyes, yes, Tanahashi still is a very big, huge, big star, but doesn't look like he'll have run, you know, as a champion for a while. For a while. You know, it doesn't look like it. No, I mean, and it probably shouldn't because you kind of want him up on the shelf for a little while. So if and when he does do that story, it builds up more drama. If it's too soon, I think sure, it takes something sure. away from that. Right, right. But just had the title match at the Fukuoka Big Show, Dontaku. You know, at the International Fukuoka, you know, Convention Center, holding what the 18,000 people back to back two days in a row. It was the biggest show in spring, you know, this spring, and uh, the title match already happened. So, uh, yeah, programs between Okada and Tanahashi is pretty much done for now, right? And uh, the focus moved to shift already shifted to okada against kenny omega at the osaka castle hall next huge show yeah and also they they ran a lot a lot of different angle too you know as you know you can see we talked about the bone soldier who is bone soldier who is bone soldier you know and it was <clears throat> taichi Ishi, you know ishimori we hit the bullseye this time right yeah i don't think there was a lot of surprise but yeah yeah, the the funny thing is though that uh, yeah we, we learned something. You know, New Japan has a lot of new fan base. New new fan base only watch New Japan Pro Wrestling. That uh, you know, Tamatanga comes in and introduce your new you know, the newest member of the stable and uh, Bone Soldier and they take his mask off and then you, you have Taichi Ishimori, right? And uh, 
watching on New Japan World, all the commentators, oh, it's a storyline, part of the storyline, of course. All the commentators on New Japan World, who freaks out, oh, that's Ishimori, oh, that's Ishimori, oh, that's Ishimori, and they freak out like a big surprise, right? But at the building, at the building, I have more than a few eyewitness um, counts here that it's like, a lot of people on the you know, live crowd, you know, live audience say, who's that, who's that, who's that, who's that? A lot of people did not recognize Ishimori, funny thing. You know what I'm saying? So there's a difference in commentary. You're supposed to freak out that, uh, oh, this is a you know, big junior heavyweight superstar coming from pro wrestling Noir kind of thing, you know? And But uh, and at the building, a lot of people didn't even recognize him. Who's that? Who's that? Who's that? You know, so there's a yeah little difference between what company aims and the actual live you know reaction to it. Well, I mean that's something that WWE has maintained for I guess generations now, decades that their fans watch WWE and despite what maybe a lot of fans think, not everybody watched the NWA or Crockett or WCW or. Or ECW. ECW, yeah. You know, I right. remember when... when yeah, hardcore uh, knows, but... Yeah, I remember when, when ECW, when WWE ran the first one-night stand pay-per-view, I had friends going, oh my gosh, this is going to get, you know, this is going to get 500,000 buys. And I was like, no, it's it's not as big as you you think it is. And it didn't get 500,000 buys. Or when ECW went to, to TNN and everyone's going to be, oh, watch, it's going to surpass WCW and ratings and... And things like that, and it and it really didn't. Yeah. So what hardcore fan thinks, and what general audience or or the so-called WWE universe are trained to watch or trained to you know conditioned to react is quite different. Yeah. Tai Chi Shimori really did not have that uh, mega reaction in at the building. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. But, but you, do you think uh, over time the, he can get a, over? Yeah. As far as the match. Yeah, it was not it's relatively unknown, you know, because today's pro wrestling noir is not the same pro wrestling noir from 10 years ago. You know, when they had Misawa, the Kobashi, the Akiyama, the everybody in the roster, big building running, I mean, big company running Tokyo Dome and things, that was a decade ago already. And also, um, it's really sad to say, but, uh, you know, there's... Um, you know, we had you had we had Misawa, that's like a huge superstar from '90s into you know the 2000s, and I people are still suffering from it um, that the lose, losing somebody and actually somebody dying in the ring, and after Misawa died in the ring, a lot of people left wrestling completely. They're done with watching it, you know. And they're still suffering from it. I still think about it. You know, it's not the same Noah. Pro wrestling Noah still exists, you know, but uh, it's not the same anymore. And that, you know, when that Misawa thing happened, that, uh, yes, a lot of people left or stopped watching wrestling and never came back. Although they have new fans, New Japan was suffering too, but they have a new fan base. And funny thing, um, there's still new there are new fan base coming in for New Japan Pro Wrestling even right now 
and uh, I, it was new to me. Just a couple of days ago, I was talking to somebody that uh, there are a good portion of 25 to you know 25 30 percent of New Japan fan today did not watch Shinsuke Nakamura in New Japan ring. Isn't that funny? That is amazing. Yeah, it's, it's been two years. The last match he had was a January of the end of 2015 to the very last match Nakamura had in New Japan ring was January Tokyo Dome 2016. Then he left. So he's been gone for, what, over two years now. And the new fans know of Nakamura, yes, but they did not see Nakamura in New Japan ring. The things moves that fast. Does that make any sense? Yeah, no, that makes that makes sense. It's amazing sometimes. One quick, the, yeah, how quickly things turn over. Then it's also amazing how much fans retain as well. Yeah, yeah. Sick. When we were younger, you know, you watch wrestling and you watch same company for decades, two decades, right? And uh, yeah, it's a loyal wrestling fan or the loyal fan base and stuff like that. But the, now that the, these fans are pretty casual you know casual is fine but that packs the house but not like the wrestling fan we've learned to you know like hey wrestling fans stay with company the same company for many years huh but uh, new japan's fan base is very pop you know like yeah pop and hip i guess that uh, they they watch this because this is a cool thing and the cool wrestlers, cool superstars. Naito's one of them, you know. But, uh, yeah, I, I hope they stay with wrestling and watch next you know, 10 years, 20 years. But, uh, yeah, they do have a new fan base now that, who don't even know Nakamura. is that funny? So, of course, the same group of people would not recognize Ishimori. And also, he is bone soldier mask and attacking, you know, um, yeah, making an appearance and uh, what's what's the champion? Kushida, right? And Kushida is a little guy too, but uh, the guy coming so short, wearing a mask. And who is that? Who is that? Who is that? Right? It's like w w for some reason, you know, it's, that, that he looks like a small wrestler. You know, well, he is short. You know, but yeah. Can Ishimori get over? Do you think? As uh, as far as match goes, once they've seen matches, uh, can you imagine Kushida against Ishimori? You will be seeing so-called five-star matches, junior heavyweight flyers, and he's one of the, you know, one, if not the best. But the, uh, he he is really really good. So the match will be good, you know. Once he's in the ring and start having a match. And, uh, and not the match that uh, you and I enjoy as much because they, they look like a computer game, you know. But uh, uh, as, as far as this, I know, uh, as, as an uh, ability, as an athlete in gymnast, yeah, he's so, so talented that the match will be good. And he will get over eventually. But uh, he did not have the initial impact it was designed to get. That's what I'm saying. So a lot of people have talked about the upcoming uh, show in July. 
at the Cow Palace in San Francisco. You know, a lot of people, you know, the news now is, gee, is the hot streak for New Japan over because they haven't sold out the Cow Palace yet? Of course, they haven't announced any matches. Do you have any thoughts mm. on what the matches could be? Mm. It'll be a com- combined show, you know, New Japan and ROH, so I'm sure that the half the half the card looked like ROH show because in states you have to have more than half Americans, you know? And, uh, yeah, Japanese superstars are fine, but they're always Japanese wrestlers are treated. Be, I mean, recognized as Japanese fans, and it may not get over with general audience, you know? You will always have, you know, have to have American stars, right? Well, I mean, if you have Cody and, you know, whomever, Kenny Omega, those are those guys are... Those guys are American, but still, I think, associated with New Japan. Yeah. Do you really think Kenny Omega and Cody Rose can draw the packed house in Cow Palace? I, 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 I don't think, I don't know that any one person on their own could draw a packed house or one match on its own could draw a packed mm. house. But I certainly think that they are key factors in, in, the, uh, in the success of the card. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Cow Palace one would be pretty hard. You know, they have to work real hard to make this thing really special. You know, still three, still like an independent show, right? This is not WWE show. You know, and then uh, the, the name recognition factor that Cody, the Kenny Omega, the Young, you know, young bucks, the, oh, these American stars, so-called stars, are for hardcores, you know. And uh, yeah, you, you have to wait and see. And f- I don't want to disappoint people, but uh, I just don't think Chris Jericho will be working these shows. I think you're right. The international, you know, card and doing the running. And shows up out of nowhere, and shows up in Fukuoka to make impact, and in the work Osaka shows, work Tokyo shows. That's what Chris Jericho would do. But uh, back in America, I don't think he'll be working any, you know, anybody but WWE within the, within the United States or North America, probably. Right, right, right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, so, Canada too. Uh, that that makes that makes him international superstar, and that's that the uh, the part of the reason he appeared in Saudi Arabia show was that make him very special international star too. As Dimitri agreed, I'm sure that the, he was treated very you know special in in the 50 man greatest Royal Rumble show that he was the 50th entrance he doesn't come in until the end of the show you know 50th right and uh it was treated very special and i'm sure the paycheck was good yeah i'm sure yeah yeah, yeah. but uh, <laughs> if sure. you if you look at chris jericho's schedule closely you can almost guess everything because all the way through the end of april he had fuzzy tour all over the, in the country in a concert tour at all the way to end of April. So he was available for May dates, you know? And uh, he made, yes, he did come in for Saudi Arabia show, and he did come to Fukuoka for New Japan show, so he's available right now. 
And he'll make another impact for his cruising too in September, right? To October. Do you think that at this point, and again, we're a long ways away, so I'm not going to call you out on this or anything, but what do you think the odds are right now? Here we are in uh, May 2018. What do you think the odds are that he is at Wrestle Kingdom next year, 2019? Um, I said it's a good chance that he will make you know another Tokyo Dome show. Yeah, now it's only seven months away, and uh, it looks like he will be making two to three New Japan dates a year. Yeah, he probably he might even be on. Uh, uh, three days at the Budokan show in New Japan for New Japan this coming August. Could he be... Then that's, new... that's August dates. Yeah. Three days in Budokan, you know? They're going to have to do something then, really special for that. Yeah, yeah, three days in Budokan. But the, the reason that uh, they booked Budokan for three days is that the Sumo Palace this summer is not available. You know, they're you know, doing something for at the building. So um, that's why that's part of the reason they booked Budokan instead of a Sumo Palace. But the three days, but well, they've always done three days, three consecutive you know, consecutive dates in summer. It's a G1 climax, so uh, I wouldn't say automatic sellout, but uh, it, it won't be as hard. You know, they always done uh, three consecutive dates at the Sumo Palace this year, Budokan instead. But it's not. Well, it's pretty much the same thing, and uh, that's August, and September, end of September to first week of October. He, they, Chris Jericho will be doing the cruising. So, if you see the Chris Jericho schedule, you could almost guess this thing. You know, yeah. Does Chris Jericho win the New Japan Intercontinental Title? I wouldn't. Yeah, say probably. Yeah, he can. Yeah, why not? I think it only cements yeah, his legacy. Uh, I think it's important. Yeah, maybe, maybe because every single title he he'd won, yeah, WWE title, WCW title, yeah, yeah, he might, yes, and he might be the only, yeah, he might become the only wrestler that had two different kinds of intercontinental title, right? New Japan's intercontinental title and WWE's intercontinental title, yeah, he, yeah, probably will be the only person. And then, do. I mean, I think he already has the most. Does he have the most intercontinental reigns? I think he does. Uh, but that could be all, always beat by the mids. Right, you know, but if you yeah. hold, if you have the most reigns, or you're in the in the running for the most reigns, and mm-hmm. you've held both intercontinental titles, I could easily see Jericho then take over the Honky Tonk Man's branding and call himself. The greatest intercontinental champion of all time. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. That will be. The, it won't be that hard. Yeah. If people even remember Honky Tonk Man now, you know. Well, I think we I just think, talked about. Yeah. Think, Short memories. Well, I think new fans maybe, but I think at least people know the. Okay, that will be in writing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think according yeah. to this thing right here, Chris Jericho has the most reigns with nine. Okay. But I don't think I think the Miz will have the most days, probably in the near future as Intercontinental Champion. Pretty much, yeah, pretty much, yeah. But anyway, uh, I could see Jericho doing that, and I could see uh, people, um, you know, agreeing with him, buying into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the, just the point is to make him 
different and special, different than anybody else. You know, the superstar who's making both dates, WWE and in New Japan, and working two places at the same time. So Jericho is the only person, right? Yeah, the one thing we need to do, we need to talk about, is the uh, the All Japan Champion Carnival. Champions Carnival, yeah. What, what and did you think of this? Who's winning it? What'd you think of this year? Oh, it was very good and very different from New Japan atmosphere too. All Japan gives you long single match with wrestling content like traditional Japanese wrestling fan would like. You know, serious single match, single match after single match. And it's not quite, you know, not don't have to be title match, but it's, you know, champion current about tournament matches that the brackets and the points and who's winning and losing and, and that the tournament itself was a good drama. And that the last day of the championship carnival tour, five guys making the same points, eight points, eight points, eight points, eight points. And whomever goes into final, you wouldn't know until the end of the show, you know, until the end of the show. So it was kind of exciting. And uh, the, the, the week before, the second weekend, they had a very good single match. And they, it will be historical, you know, uh, years from now that the Akiyama against Marufuji, the old Japan guy against new, you know, new pro wrestling Noah guy. Everybody knows that that uh, Akiyama is the boss of old Japan and Marufuji is a boss from pro wrestling Noah. And they had reason to part from each other, but they met again in the ring and had a great wrestling match and Marufuji went over on Akiyama like a very important historical match that he finally beat Akiyama and uh, coming from yeah coming from Pro Wrestling Noah did these two companies working together somehow you know working together now that, that people guessed it yeah coming from Pro Wrestling Noah and Marufuji working a tournament match he will be at the final, you know, that the final match of the tournament. But people didn't expect him to win the tournament, actually. So that means that uh, they'll give you a little bit of hint that uh, this working relationship between All Japan and Pro Wrestling Noah will continue. Doesn't that look like it? One would think, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, because Maru coming from another company and actually winning it, and. With champion current about what the uh, 45th annual something like that is the longest running existing tournament in pro wrestling you know industry <laughs> you know i want i don't want to use that word that much but uh, yes the champion current started back in 1973 or something and this was like a 40 50 year annual tournament and Marufuji wasn't even born then, but uh, he actually won Champion Carnival Tournament, and he probably will come back and do the Triple Crown now. I mentioned so, this before. I, I've always liked Marufuji. I've been a big fan of his for a long time, and yeah, you know, I think I mentioned this before too that I always thought he's he's a big he's a star, but I always yeah. thought he'd be more of a top level guy. 
Um, yeah. You know, not like the tippy tippy top, but I, I thought he'd have a have a little bit better career than he's had. But I mean, I think a lot of it is circumstantial as far as the way the wrestling business went in Japan. Yeah, but the guy's a junior heavyweight size, though. Yeah, but you know, I mean, he other looks like a normal sized person. Other people have moved up, though. Yeah, but he still is junior heavyweight body. He still has today, you know. See, when you think about the Triple Crown champion, you just think about Stan Hansen, Jumbo Truder, Terry Gori, Misawa, Kobashi, Taue, Kawada. They're all big, you know, big wrestlers, you know. But, uh, yeah. But today's, you know, standard, yes. That uh, Maybe Marufuji's size is fine, you know. But the, 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 the important point is... Uh, Marufuji will come back and work all Japan tour again, and uh, I'm pretty sure that the, this time he'll move into Triple Crown title match program. Then Kento Miyahara against Marufuji will be a pretty big card. Pretty big card. Then they sh- should have, you know, working relationship. It's a New Japan family, you know. I mean, an old Japan family. Uh, they all started under Jan Baba, so people, you know, older fans, you know, feel good about it. Oh, these two companies finally working together, you know. It feels like there's uh, there's some momentum. There's there's continuing momentum, and maybe it's even growing right now with All Japan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all Japan has more momentum than pro wrestling Noah for sure, and uh, Noah is all who needed this one, you know, than All Japan did, but. Uh, pro wrestling nor actually Maruhuji the boss so Maruhuji decided to work all Japan dates and people assumed that uh, yeah he'll be put in uh, final you know tournament final that's fine but people did not really expect him to win the actual tournament but he did so uh, the working relationship will continue and uh, he may win triple crown title belt just is still being pro wrestling no wrestler. Yeah. That's kind of exciting. Just like see, when Tenru had WAR company but still working New Japan dates and he won IWGP title. So it did happen. So this can happen too. You know, decades later, right? But uh, yeah, um, this will be very interesting, you know, because New Japan is so big and so popular and so dominant that the, you know new are uh, new wrestling fans only watch New Japan. It's not wrestling boom here; it's New Japan boom, and uh, other companies should work hard to get close to it, you know. Speaking of all Japan, um, what yeah. was the uh, fallout after the announcement of Mrs. Baba's death? I saw some pictures of some ring ceremonies. Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah, they had uh, the, the photos of both Bruno San Martino and Mrs. Baba, and they did the ten gong salute thing at the Korakan. You know, you know, very next Korakan they had the ceremony. And uh, of course they should do it. And uh, yeah, um, it was yeah they would do. It. Yeah, it was very classy. You know they had class. That uh, yeah, you know, it's Bruno San Martino. Yeah, for one thing. But uh, Mrs. Baba was very big figure in wrestling for the past what forty fifty years. You know, and uh, yeah, 
should be treated. It was in a regular newspaper too when Mrs. Baba died, and uh, yeah, so it was like an end of an era, you know, sort of. Jan Baba's gone, and uh, you know, he's retired, and he has no part in New Japan, and uh, yeah. Any, this is Baba's thing, yeah. Any word on uh, um, did did uh, did the niece uh, inherit everything? Did any word on that? Uh nothing's announced yet, and okay. nobody knows. Nobody knows, you know. And they they're not saying much, and uh, yeah, I, I don't even know what what they're gonna do in the big you know condominium apartment they have in Tokyo that that. Mrs. Mr. and Mrs. Baba used to live, and Mrs. Baba lived until that day, and then and, uh, everything's still there, you know. And uh, yeah, they people are talking about what are they gonna do? Stuff they have in the house, you know. So uh, yeah, they never see Mrs. Mr. and Mrs. Baba didn't have children, and Mrs. Uh, they're both older people, and the niece, you know, when you say niece, is how old is she? The Mrs. Baba's niece is like in you know in her sixties, you know. So it's like, oh wow, and she's not she's not a wrestling person. So uh, they will probably need to talk to somebody who can handle all these things. Yeah, stuff they have in the house, you know. It doesn't mean anything for non-wrestling people, you know. All the stuff they have in the house, but for wrestling and wrestling fans, wrestling people, there are all the treasures in the house still. I'll find out, you know. But uh, yeah, you gonna move into the house? No, no, not that. But I wanna ask somebody who knows about it. You know, what are they gonna do? Or the male maskers mask? And the funny thing, I didn't tell you last week that. See. Male maskers, the mask, a man with thousand face, right? Right. Mrs. Baba believed he actually, there were actually a 1,000 different kind of mask. Or maybe over a thousand over the years, different design and different color and everything. She wanted, she wanted all, all 1,000 masks. That's how it all started. Wow. Yeah. So and there took, more than thousand. Yeah. She took the name literally is what you're saying. Yeah, so it's like, well, okay, there's, a, there's a thousand different masks with different color, different design. I want it all. There's a, he's a big Mill Maskers fan. And Mill Maskers himself actually gave, every time he came over, I gave you 50 masks, 50 masks, 100 masks this time. I'll give you 10 masks this time. Like, oh, great. I, the funny thing is, though, nobody has seen it, you know. She kept it in the house. And the actual championship belts, you know, the original Triple Crown belts, and NWA title belt that the Harley Race model belt was, you know, Japanese flag on it instead of U.S. flag. People haven't seen it, but that belt's in the house. I want to see that. <laughs> that I want to yeah, see the belts, yeah. especially that yeah. glove with the Japanese flag on it. Yeah, yeah, and it's never been used. Yeah, you know? I bet it's gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, I bet it. I yeah, mean, I bet it's amazing. Yeah, they should show it, you know, make a museum, you know, museum or something, you know. There's more to it. Every single Baba's costume is still in there. Well, and I, I'll bet you that that, the reason, because, you, you know, you see like the, the ones that they make now, that plate is like one solid piece, 
but the way that the the NWA title was actually made is it's is is it's not it's not a solid piece of metal because the dome has a dent in it, and it's just I don't know I like that style better so I'm I'm excited I'd like to see a new version of that, the way that belt was crafted so that's why I would love to see that belt I'm sure it's really cool. Yeah, because it was made sometime like in 1980 or 1981. Awesome. After Baba beat Harley Race for the second time or something, but Baba decided to make the replica on it, but it was made by the same person. So probably <clears> so from Mexico. Looks- I think th- I think those belts were made in Mexico. Yeah, the original NWA was NWA belt was made in Mexico. Yeah, right. It was not exactly Reggie Park's belt. No. Yeah. Now that the 10, 15 different, you know, people make championship belts, it looks just like them, but it's not the same, you know? No, if I, if I got a dome globe belt, I'd like, I'd like it crafted like the originals, like the, like the way they made them in Mexico out of like more of a, like, and after you make it, you hit the post or something or for forehead and then uh, (laughs) make a dent. Isn't that where that came from? Didn't Terry Funk do that? Isn't that what the, yeah, yeah, Abdul the Butcher, somebody. Yeah. 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 Now, also, I forgot uh, before I forget that uh, that the things about the new wrestling fans—they're um, really new. That see, cutting your forehead, you know, you know, like a ju- you juice, right? It's traditional, you know, bleeding, you know, this technique or whatever. I, I don't want to say it's well, is it a traditional. It's nothing new for re- all the wrestling fans, right? But they don't juice in wrestling in general anymore. WWE doesn't do it unless it's hard way or make it look like hard way, right? And either way, it's still very rare. Very rare. And then after Chris Jericho's attack um, with Gong Bell, then uh, hit some, you know, hit Naito's forehead. Naito juice big time, right? And uh, it was witnessed by relatively new wrestling fans at the building it, that the uh, referee, is it, Naito didn't juice himself. Um, I wasn't there, so uh, it's I've not seen, a first hand. I've seen the yeah. video. The video is fairly clear. It, he, um, referee, Red Shoes Uno did the slicing. Okay? Yeah, you can see it on the video. There's, a cli- there's clips yeah. out there. Yeah, then the new wrestling, the new fans, though, knows nothing about the history of this juice. Oh, they've been pro wrestling. They've been doing this juicing, you know, forehead, what, over 70, 80 years or so, right? I'm pretty sure. But uh, it was on the Internet right away that it was some referee sliced, Naito's forehead with something like blade, and then the blood came out. It is, it's really disgusting. And then the whole thread in, on the internet that the New York wrestling fans discussing, you know, like, oh, the day go that far and cut somebody's forehead. Oh, the blood is real. It's like, wow, it's an elementary school wrestling 101 discussion, right? But the new fans are either amused or disgusted or any at any rate it's so new to them that the people bleed and somebody actually cut your forehead with with blade or something and they juice and people are so disgusted that the the whole thread was running the whole weekend that uh, that tells you these wrestling fans are new yeah 
Very new. Yeah, yeah. But this is one, you know, one of the things that the wrestling fans have to overcome to continue watching or continue to you know, follow or you fall in love, you know, fall in love with wrestling. That a lot of things you have to go and you know, learn along the way, right? Yeah, we'll it's see. It's kind of like an, an obstacle you have to overcome. Yeah, one would think. Yeah, I guess so. And it'll be interesting to see uh, what decision these people make. Yeah, right. It's not. It's pretty much the same that uh, you know the things you've experienced as a kid or high school kid are things I've experienced as a little kid. You know, people just non-wrestling fans. It's a blood's a fake. No, it's not. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. So same thing all over. But uh, that tells you that yes, New Japan's popular, but they have such a new fan base that that they. You got to do all the basic over all over again. Yeah, it's interesting because some people love wrestling because it's work. Some people love wrestling be- thinking it's all real. Some people love wrestling because it's all show, you know, and combined it's wrestling fan. Yeah. Hey, there was a couple kind of things. Thing. There's a couple of things I wanted to t- touch base on uh, pretty quickly uh, before we yeah. uh, wrap up here. It was uh, yeah. this past weekend that we're recording, uh, May the fifth, nineteen ninety-three, the twenty-fifth anniversary of the uh, fourth anniversary. Hulk Hogan going to Japan? Well, that too. That too. We'll, we'll touch on Hulk Hogan, but first, I want to talk about uh, Frontier Frontier Martial Arts match. The uh, no rope exploding barbed wire time bomb death match between Anita <laughs> and Terry Funk. Okay, that was twenty five years ago. Yeah, nineteen ninety three. Is that is that? Yeah, that's twenty five, isn't it? Yeah, that's twenty five. Oh wow! Yeah, twenty five years ago. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't say it was like yesterday, but I didn't think it was twenty five years ago, and I was there. <sighs> twenty five years ago now, huh? Twenty five years ago. Oh wow. Some of the wrestling fans weren't even born, you know? Oh, okay, that was terrific. That was that was when wrestling was like at the Kawasaki Stadium, baseball stadium, outdoor show, you know, May. You know, the first week of May, we have Golden Week holidays, you know, a lot of different holidays in the whole one week, and people take 10 days off from work and school and there were a lot of wrestling matches then and, and every May 5th every year Onita had some spectacular you know a big show at the Kawasaki Stadium Kawasaki Stadium is no longer it's not even there anymore and uh, yeah 25 years huh 25 years ah okay Onita era you know what were the fans like? Talk about New Japan fans and wrestling fans. Who were the fans of Frontier Martial Arts? Um, more of a hardcore wrestling fans who followed both New Japan and Old Japan. You know, at the time, you got to realize that there was a UWF core fans too. UWF, Maeda, Takada, Funaki, Suzuki, and those Fujiwara, you know. They were going to change professional wrestling into legitimate sports a lot of people bought it then but but all in all it led the birth of mma too remember if if there wasn't uwf and its movement revolutionizing making look you know making professional wrestling look more legitimate 
people, you know, UWF wrestler did not bounce off ropes, didn't do any silliness. It made people believe their wrestling was real, okay? That thing's going at the same time. You had Onita, who goes extreme to the other you know, end of the spectrum. You do the, all the silly things, you know, running, chair shots, fighting outside the ring, all the death matches, juice, everything that's opposite from UWF was doing at the same time. I guess wrestling fans secretly watched both. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What did wrestling fans think of Terry Funk in this era. I mean, obviously he and his brother are legends, but you know, when they first came over, they were the the cowboy wrestlers. And here Terry Funk has reinvented himself. What was the reaction to this version of Terry Funk? Uh, a real living legend. What you see on Beyond the Mat movie, that version of Terry Funk was there. Remember Beyond the Mat? Oh, who doesn't? Right. That Terry Funk, the, the movie was like in 1998, 99. But uh, back in 93, he was doing what, what was hardcore legend, living legend, Terry Funk thing. And also storyline, Terry Funk trained Onita when he was 16, you know? And the people knew all those, you know, backstory and breaking off from Jan Baba's traditional All Japan Pro Wrestling and make his own company was a big challenge and people didn't think it was gonna work, but it worked. And he brought Tennessee style, Jerry Lawler style, and also Puerto Rico, you know, style, a lot of blood, you know, deathmatch, um, not much wrestling, but the bras, but still emotion. And, and, uh, and not a wrestling, but the, they were so into this. And bringing in age Terry Funk as living legend. And uh, yeah, he'd work, you know, work that style. And uh, yeah, it was popular, really exciting, you know. And uh, it was good, though. Yeah, it was really good. And that's one of the reasons why you consider Onida a top 10 legend in Japan. I think so. He's Yeah, I think so. Because who did more stadium shows and drew and FMW? Yeah, they had other wrestlers, but basically FMW, Onita's FMW was one man show, you know, Onita show. And uh, yeah, so the, the impact, see, if you look at his, you know, athletic ability or as a, you know, as a wrestler, you may not consider him as top wrestler, but what he has done as producer and as a pr promoter and a top star, and uh, yeah, you have to consider, yeah, Onita's top 10 influential wrestler promoter of all time in Japan. So it's also, as you mentioned, the uh, 25th anniversary of Hulk Hogan giving that famous interview calling the uh, WWF title a toy. Yeah, but it was the IWGP interview. Yeah, I agree. You know, he had Yeah, so that was, that was New Japan TV. And Masa Saito standing right next to Hogan doing the interpretation. And uh, he was, hold, yes, was holding, that was a couple months after WrestleMania 9, 
you know, Yokozuna, Bret Hart thing, and Hulk Hogan come in the last minute and do the title match right away and beat Yokozuna and get the belt, right? He wasn't even under contract with WWF. They did that last minute. But he did bring that WWE championship belt to Japan and work in New Japan show that the storyline was such that, yes, Hulk Hogan had to say, I have this WWE belt now, but the IWGP championship is a tr- the only one and only true world heavyweight title that I'm going after. So that was New Japan storyline. So I wouldn't blame Hulk Hogan for it. A lot of people want to make a case out of it, but uh, two months after that, he did. He you know came back to states and did one more pay per view and dropped the title to Yokozuna, you know, and uh, so that was the end of it, you know. So I don't know why people make such a big case out of, you know, uh, calling WWE title a toy or Christmas ornament and all those things. It was on the tape, and, uh, yeah, people can make case out of it. But it was just uh, nothing more than interview. Yeah, I think it's it's just wrestling hyperbole. That's all it is. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why some people, you know, trying to make case out of this thing, you know. doesn't make him hypocrite. It's a storyline. Yeah. Yeah. So I have to defend how cool on that. Yeah. All right, my friend. Well, look, uh, you've got to get going. Yeah. So where can people hook up <laughs> with you? Where can they follow you and uh, connect with you socially? Um, on Twitter, uh, Fumihiko Dayo, F-U-M-I-H-I-K-O-D-A-Y-O, Fumihiko Dayo. Or you can find me, Fumi Saito, on Facebook. Oh, hey, was there was there one more story you were going to tell before we go? Did I forget another story you wanted to tell me on the air? About, was no, no, I think we covered it all. Okay, we didn't huh? cover I thought there was something yeah. about somebody listening or something you wanted to cover. Ah, uh, somebody. I don't remember what it was, but I thought you said something. <laughs> yeah, oh. well, we have a lot of listeners, so uh, yes. Yeah, um, I hope people download and... Uh, Send me a question and I would like to answer, you know, anything about Japanese wrestling or history or anything at all, I'd like to share it with you. All right, do that at hashtag AskFumi on Twitter at F-U-M-I-H-I-K-O-D-A-Y-O. I am at Jim Valley. He is Fumi Saito on Facebook. I'm Jim Valley on Facebook, and you can find us. And you will also find us here uh, next week, so be sure to uh, share the podcast. And until next time. So long from Tokyo. <laughs>